It is an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the estate planning and government assistance laws are quite complex and ever-changing, how do you keep track of them all? Through elder law attorney Michael Cohen. He's there for you to answer any of your planning questions in a way that you and your loved ones will easily understand. Mike has devoted his entire career to dutifully informing and protecting our parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here now are Michael and Don. And I once again welcome you to another Estate Planning Essentials podcast and radio program. My name is Don Crawford, Jr., the appreciative owner of KWM Radio and co-host of this program, decidedly seeking to protect your family, your assets, and you. I'm sitting with my co-host, my attorney, my friend, who should at least be your attorney. His name is Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hello, Don. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thank you. We were talking before the show. Again, I still can't believe the Texas Rangers won the world championship yeah. the day. It's just amazing to me. No, I'm great. I mean, I remember all the, I've been a Rangers fan for a long, long time. And yeah. So this was a, a happy day for many, many people. I know everybody just loved it. Yes. Yeah, so you know I'm from Pennsylvania, and you've been not making fun of me, but reminding me that I'm from Pennsylvania uh, for many years now since we've been doing this program. And so we follow the Phillies because we're from the Northeast, and they let us down again. It's yeah. really heartbreaking between yeah. the Philadelphia Eagles and the Philadelphia Phillies. We can't get a break here. Well, the Eagles have been doing pretty well. Pretty well. But we need to win it all one of these days. But happy for the Rangers, grateful for all they've done for the community. And I think people were very surprised, but also very appreciative for what they've accomplished. So good for them. Good for the city. Good for our listeners today, Michael, because you want to target in, zero in on widows today and some of the benefits that they can realize that you want to explain. Yeah, actually, the reason why I thought this show is a client actually is has a widow support group. And I said when I was talking to her, I was mentioning something uh, that she should be aware of. And anyway, she asked me to speak to their group. And good. so I thought, well, this might be a good topic uh, for others, there's, you know, I know that my own mom was a widow for, oh gosh, she survived my dad by 46 years. Amazing. And my grandmother was a widow for 60 years. It's unbelievable. You know, people are living longer. Yeah. And uh, so um, anyway, I thought that, you know, there are certain rights that surviving spouses have, whether you're a widow or widower. And I thought we should mention some of those rights both uh, from a Texas perspective and from a federal perspective. Great. We look forward to that. Thank you for the education, and um, tell us all about it. All right. So the first thing in Texas, uh, the Texas has a constitution, um, and one of the things is that a surviving spouse has what's called a life estate in your homestead. We'll probably do a show on life estates on a separate uh, show in the near future, but life estate, uh, that means that the the person who survives has a right to live in that home exclusively for the remainder of their life as long as they have certain that they do certain there are certain requirements so you got to pay the property taxes and you got to maintain the property but you have the exclusive right to use the property so it's really kind of interesting a lot of times like in wills 
I know we've done shows several years ago where we had a second marriage, and even though it's separate property, that doesn't mean that they could kick out the spouse immediately. Uh, and a lot of times the children of, of the uh, spouse that had the property, they said, I want that no good spouse of yours out as soon as, as soon as if you die first. But that's not what the Texas law provides. Texas has a, a, a right for the surviving spouse to live in the, in the home for the remainder of their life mm-hmm. uh, as long as they you know, maintain the property. So even if they moved out of the house, they're, it, it's still a life estate. They just have to maintain it. Um, and so uh, that's a good right uh, for surviving spouses. Mm-hmm. All right, now let's say you have another um, uh, thing that a lot of times people are not aware of. You know, Texas laws of intestacy has all these different things. If this happens, if intestacy means without a will, it says if this happens, this person gets it. So, for example, I have a case right now that there was a surviving spouse. They had no children. The husband died, and there was two sisters uh, the property was all community property, so uh, surviving spouse has, you know, all the property. But if it had, if the real estate was separate property, in other words, let's say the the husband owned the property prior to marriage, then it would have been split between his siblings and the surviving spouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this case, though, it was all community property. Similarly, with children. Uh, if you have children from a prior marriage uh, and you die and you have a homestead, well, the surviving spouse may have uh, their uh, int- community property interest and a life estate in the other portion, the husband's, let's say, portion. Um, so it's not full ownership. But if you have a will that says all to your spouse, well, what makes the will effective? You have to go to court to prove that the will is good. A lot of times what we see is that the surviving spouse says, well, I'm a surviving spouse, so it's just mine. So even if you have a will, if you didn't go to court and say it was good, so it would be yours, then now all of a sudden when you go to sell the property five years later, well, your partner's with the deceased spouse's children. And a lot of times, especially in second marriages, that's an issue. So probate the will for all – there's a simpler way of probate, by the way, if there's no debts, called probate as a minimum of title. If you are a surviving spouse and it's been within four years and you have a homestead, and if you haven't pro- – and the will says either all to my spouse or my home to my spouse, probate it within four years. You know, I, I've learned over the years, we're talking about my buddies who are attorneys. My father's an attorney. You're an attorney. And if you assume anything without verifying, you're asking for it. And it sounds like this is another situation where, well, I'm the surviving spouse. It all goes to me. And, you know, shame on people who think that these days. You should assume nothing. Yeah, even if the will says it all goes to you, here in this case, a lot of people say, oh, I don't need to probate. And so I'm some surviving spouse. You know, no, right. don't, don't do that. Right. Good for you. Um, 
Now, if it is a life estate and it's a homestead, then uh, the homestead is generally exempt from creditors. Mm -hmm. So that's a good thing, too. So you should be aware that if you get sued and you have a homestead, then that is, uh, in Texas, that is protected from lawsuits. Great. So, And also, you could get up uh, on creditors. You could have up to $100,000 worth of personal property. So when you think of, like, home furnishings and uh, maybe clothes or jewelry or tools or books or even a couple of uh, firearms, mm -hmm. um, uh, some athletic and sporting equipments, uh, vehicles. Uh, you can have a two-wheel vehicle, three-wheel vehicle, four-wheel vehicle. <laughs> nice. Do you uh, do you think that is Texas the exception for this, Michael? Do you think compared to other states? Well, I do you know? I'm not licensed in other states, so I can't answer. You know what the rules are there, mm -hmm. uh, but. You know, we wanted – this goes back to the agrarian days. Hmm. Um, we wanted to protect the family farm. So the reason for the Texas Constitution is uh, we even if you have an unmarried adult child living in the home, uh, we didn't want – we wanted to protect the family farm uh, from back in 1830s or 1840s, sure. I guess, 1840s. So that's what it – and nothing has changed for – you know, what is that? 200 years? Yeah, yeah, close to 180 something years yeah, or something right. like that. Gosh. So, um, so that's the ration. That was the re original reason. And mm -hmm. it's unlikely that the Texas Constitution will change that. Yeah. So, I Good. mean, of course, if you have purchase money, in other words, if you had, if you went to a bank and you borrow money to either buy a property or refinance, uh, that's a creditor that could foreclose on the property. I see. Even on homeowners' dues, like if you're a member of a condo association, homeowners' dues can be you could be foreclosed on. So there are a few exceptions, but for the most part, your homestead is protected from lawsuits. Good. As long as your homestead. But let's say you die, and there's no not somebody. Let's say a child's homestead, then then it would be subjected to creditors. Now another thing is that. Uh, you know, let's say that somebody didn't have a home. Uh, actually, under probate law in Texas, you could get up to, um, uh, you know, or maybe if the house doesn't have very any equity, let's say there's just very nominal equity, then the, the uh, surviving spouse in probate could request uh, an allowance of up to $45,000 in lieu of the homestead exemption. Okay. Um, Another thing is, of course, Texas is community property. So let's say the deceased spouse just had a had an account in their individual name. Um, well, that's still community property unless there's like a pre- or post-nuptial agreement mm -hmm. say that's a separate property of that spouse. So uh, so people just think of things as their as their own stuff. Right. Uh, so let's say you had a. Uh, a bank account that it went to uh, your child from a prior marriage, mm -hmm. uh, if it was community property, that spouse could probably make a claim mm -hmm. that that half of that was theirs. I got it. You know, you, while you're talking, it makes me think about uh, never assume anything. And even when you contractually have the right to that property, you own it, et cetera, et cetera, there's still no guarantees. And what comes to mind, having lived in Florida, and although it may be everywhere, or other places and states, or what squatters try to do. Oh, that's yeah, that's a whole new show. But that is a whole new show, and I'm sorry to throw us off track here, but I'm just appalled by what these people do, and they have no legal right to be there, and they're there anyway. Yeah, there are different um, 
rules on that and how long they live there. And so if you, this is, you know, I think we had, we may have even had a show. Remember we talked about the title lock mm-hmm. uh, and uh, where it usually happens, some place that's been abandoned or a vacation property where people just stay. And uh, you're you're seeing more, you know, it just getting, seems like you're, you know, more and more instances of people trying to scam people. I know. And um, so it's really um, disappointing to, as we reach closer to the holiday season, you just think, oh, gee, mm-hmm. why do the people like that? Right. But this is the world that we live. And, it is and the we world just we live. Have, so we have to be ever diligent yep. in, in anything we do, whether it's – and so knowing your legal rights is important, and that's why we have this show. Yeah, okay. Sorry to deviate, but it no, makes me okay. think of that. No, that's okay. That's okay. It's, you know, it, that's why it's, this is talk radio, right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, so back to more widow benefits, please. Yeah, so let's say that – um, somebody was on long-term care Medicaid. Mm-hmm. You know, Medicaid, a lot of times, let's say especially if somebody older, you go into a nursing home, you have the home, you might have hundreds of thousands, depending on the facts. But whatever the case may be, uh, if there's this widow uh, in Texas, now this is unique to Texas. Mm-hmm. Some states there's what they call liens, where the state has a right to go after the home, even after the death of the surviving spouse. But in Texas, as long as there's a surviving spouse, we do not go after that spouse for the benefits that were advanced. Good. Uh, You know, it's different in different states, Mm -hmm. but Texas has not pursued that. Well, you just made a point about the world we live in and how heartless people can be, and it sounds like Texas seems to have a heart, relatively speaking. Yeah, in that respect, yes. And, I mean, there's a lot, uh, of course— I'm a, as a lifelong Texan, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of great things about Texas. Yep. There's some things we're not perfect, but <laughs> right. we have a lot of good things. Absolutely. And that's one of them. Uh, on the federal perspective, uh, there are certain benefits for veterans' laws. Uh, uh, so sometimes they'll help with, bar- if, especially if there are a, uh, you know, not only is, well, it depends on some benefits are if you have wartime service and sometimes mm-hmm. they're not. Mm-hmm. Some things like they'll help with burial costs and sometimes health care, mm-hmm. school and job training, Good. career counseling. Uh, if you're a widow of a wartime veteran and let's say you need assisted living or if you needed, uh, let's say you're at home uh, and you're homebound, then there are sometimes there's pension benefits, what's it called, pension benefits, mm-hmm. where uh, you could, uh, the government will help pay for care at home. They give a certain dollar amount, mm-hmm. which will be going up and uh, uh, actually into November. Um, so, for example, if you go in assisted living, uh, it's like right now they pay like fourteen thirty-two a month or fourteen thirty-three a month, but it's going to go up. So it'll be closer to fifteen hundred, I imagine, uh, if. Um, uh, you're a widow of a wartime veteran, and we're not dishonorably discharged. It does. It does. They do look at your assets, but anyway. Uh, or if you were um, the the spouse was disabled during wartime, mm-hmm. uh, then that's they get. Sometimes they get the what's called compensation. Hmm. Uh, and if you're, you know, there's different ratings on uh, disability from war. Uh, and the higher it is, uh, the the less property taxes you also pay. Besides wow. getting a, a a certain dollar amount I per didn't know month, that. so if you're a hundred percent disabled, uh, then you have zero property taxes. 
I like that. I, I know Veterans Day was last week, and we salute those veterans and are grateful for the sacrifices they've made for this country. International veterans, whether in Israel or wherever they are, um, we're just grateful that we have the liberties and freedoms that we do. And I'm glad that they, it sounds like they're being more recognized than what they have been in the past. I certainly hope so. We, we owe, uh, we're all indebted uh, to have to our veterans yep. who served to save our, oh, I say, you know, help our country and protect our country. And to those, we salute them, That's obviously. Right. Uh, and so also we salute their spouses who, mm-hmm. while they are away. And so uh, at least there's these laws that mm-hmm. uh, even even if that, let's say the, that uh, – the deceased spouse had gotten was 100% disabled mm-hmm. uh, and got zero property taxes. That even goes on to the widow as well. Nice. So there are certain benefits. Uh, and a lot of times people only think about the, the actual veteran, but the widow has some rights as well. So. And I appreciate that. You've taught me a million things over the 10 years. We've been friends and partners. And um, you say that, whether you realize it or not, because you you insist on giving recognition and appreciation to the caregiver, which is the widow, which is the spouse. And I appreciate that because of the fact that you are the head or the chair at the Dallas Alzheimer's organization. And we had the walk the other day, too, which was very successful. I know you were a major part of that. And I, I'm just grateful that you shed more light on how important those caregivers are. Well, you know, a lot of times the caregivers have all the stress. Let's say something mm-hmm. like what you mentioned Alzheimer's, which I appreciate you mentioning the Alzheimer's Association. But, mm-hmm. you know, one of the benefits for the Alzheimer's Association is not only is it the research. Of course, we've talked about how there's been improvements uh, in, you know, the recent drugs that have been approved. Mm-hmm. And we anticipate more drugs to be approved as we continue to a- advance and uh, hopefully there'll be a day with all, Alzheimer's and all forms of dementia, for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if you're living with somebody who has a dementia, mm-hmm. uh, often that creates a lot of stress. Uh, it's very difficult to take care of that person. And um, so that person, we see sometimes, let's say, that was, we'll just say the wife taking care of a husband, you know, you know that people don't want to. Nobody wants to go into a nursing home or some sort of memory care unit. And that stress often causes uh, heart attacks and strokes mm-hmm. uh, for their own health. You have to deal. It's almost like um, it, it's a very difficult thing to do, and that sometimes you need to. So the Alzheimer's even has a hotline on how to deal with things like Smart. that. And so – uh, it is really important for the caregiver because we need them to have some he- good health, too, because it could create – they could die sooner just because of all the stress that's created. Good point. And so, I'm, not, I'm, um, I'm not a caregiver. I don't have anybody in my immediate circle that struggles uh, or suffers from Alzheimer's or pre-dementia. Uh, my father is 86 years old this week, and nothing. He has a brain of a 45-year-old. It, it's amazing. But I don't need – to have to have someone in my life who is struggling. I can put myself in somebody else's shoes and I can't imagine what they're going through other than I can try to empathize and sympathize, but it's very hard and I'm glad you recognize them like you do. Everybody knows somebody who probably has some sort of dementia. True. And so we have to, I like to think we wanted to make the world a better place. And uh, so we're making progress, uh, and we hope to continue to have that progress. Good. Thank you for saying that. So more on widows. Okay. Uh, another thing is um, 
Uh, we just talked about the disability rating. Uh, by the way, um, uh, it, they look at the rating and the amount of less lesser property taxes is based on how high the rating is. So mm-hmm. that's why I said about the hundred percent. Okay. Um, there, if the let's say the deceased spouse is over sixty-five and the surviving spouse is at least fifty-five, mm-hmm. they will continue to get the homestead exemption here in Texas. So that's a good thing. Of course, we pay lower property taxes. We just had an election in November earlier in November, and it looks like we're going to have a lower property taxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, another thing is on Social Security. Usually, um, uh, you get now there are there's lots of different ways to calculate Social Security, uh, but one of th- usually you get basically the higher the two incomes. You get your income, and then really the difference between yours, uh, the, that portion of the surviving of the deceased spouses to get you up to the sp- deceased spouse's level. Okay, uh, and so um, now that's that's if the surviving spouse was at full retirement age. And so if you're born before 1945, that would be 65. If you're between. Uh, if the surviving spouse was between uh, born between 45 and 56, uh, then uh, it would be be uh, 66, and then it goes up a couple months each time each year uh, until uh, if you were born in 62 or later, then it's 67. So anyway, the base, bottom line is, and if there's somebody who had a disability, could get it as early as. 50. So if the surviving spouse, that is, had a disability. Okay. Um, there's also a seeking a Social Security. Uh, if the uh, deceased had a child that was either under 16 or disabled, uh, then the widow could get benefits for taking care of that uh, minor or the uh, disabled child. Quite frankly, this is something that happened with in my family and my father died when I was young uh, and so my mom got social security mm-hmm. uh, until I was 18. Interesting. Yeah. Good to know. Before we go any further Michael I want to talk about your next workshop because this program alone has occasioned many questions for me probably many widows people who are very happily married and are not widows v- veterans um, deceased veterans with widows Uh, 18-year-olds, it doesn't matter. There's all kinds of demographics, but everyone, in my opinion, should attend Michael's next workshop or some workshop in the near future because they're so helpful. They're free, they're fast, they're very enjoyable, and you learn a lot, plus you get to ask a question. Michael, tell them about the next workshop, which is, just so everybody knows, it's Saturday, November the 18th at 10 o'clock. And Michael, tell them what goes on at those workshops. Well, we ask people what they want to know. I don't know that I've ever had anybody ask the questions that we had in today's show. Mm -hmm. But still, it's whatever you want to know. It could be about estate planning, or it could be about Medicaid, or it could be, which is more like long-term care Medicaid, and particularly is what most people ask about. But it could be about wills or trust or powers of attorney, or it could be anything that you want to know. And we never know. could be something about recent tax law changes. It could be anything. We have no idea what the questions will be, and we ask people what you want to know. And then uh, over, the, over that two-hour time frame, which you'll see will fly by, 
uh, we'll answer, we attempt to answer all your questions, and we'll have a presentation on just basic stuff so that everybody will have an understanding on estate planning to protect you and your loved ones uh, in the manner that you desire. Uh, just kind of have an idea of what's available. Doesn't mean it's free. It's no obligation. If you do go to a free estate planning essentials workshop, we do offer a one-hour vision meeting, so you get three free hours of estate planning mm-hmm. or your questions asked regarding estate planning or Medicaid without any cost. So uh, to attend that free estate planning essentials workshop, all you have to do is call 214 720 0102. That's 214-720-0102. Or sign up at law, online at DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com. Excellent, Michael. Very helpful. Um, you should attend his next workshop. Those are very enjoyable, and you get to ask a lot of questions, or at least get to ask one question, but listen to other people's questions. And with new tax brackets going into effect in 2024, um, new um, limits or improved limits, greater limits on what you can give away in a year, in a lifetime, you'll probably have a lot of questions. So plan on that. Uh, Michael, about two minutes left in the program. I'll be very quick then. Okay. I'll tell you, if you're a surviving spouse, you get a one-time benefit. It's not that much of an extra. Besides the higher the two Social Securities generally, you get $255 if you apply within two years. Okay. There's an unlimited marital deduction. So it's usually on the first spouse uh, to die you get there's usually not tax except for maybe if you take out of a retirement account uh, that it's when the second one uh, dies it's there's a lot of times some issues right now the estate tax limits 12 million 920 if you die in your 2023 if you die in 2024 it's uh, 13 million six hundred and ten thousand now in 2026 we expect it to get down to one half of what it is at the end of 2025 so it just anticipates somewhere between seven seven and a half million that gets into when somebody should file an estate tax return to use what's called the unused exemption. I apologize for going through this quickly. You're fine. But, um, you know, there's different things you could do to reduce estate taxes. Um, but the the surviving spouse has this benefit generally of not having to pay estate taxes. Um, IRA rollover, typically, you know, you could have an IRA. Um, and you roll it over into the name of the surviving spouse, and they continue to take out uh, over their life expectancy. So that's uh, – we've talked about the SECURE Act. That did not affect that. And, and, and I mean, sometimes you want to have – take uh, give it to disclaim some if you think that the children might have lower tax brackets, mm-hmm. but the spouse has the right to roll over. Excellent. Very helpful. We talked before the program about how Michael will never get through all the widow's benefits um, and whether they be state or federal. And for sure, we didn't today. This is all the more reason to attend Michael's next workshop, which is Saturday, November the 18th at 10 o'clock. Dial 214-720-0102-214-720-0102 or go to Dallas Elder. Lawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com for Michael Cohen's next Estate Planning Essentials workshop. Michael Cohen, thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Don. The 
Leading estate planner practicing law in Dallas, Texas for decades now, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the estate planning laws that can affect your family and you. The first step is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com to sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. The talk show host on 770 KAAM since 2013, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate and complete what could currently be a deficient estate plan. Make sure it's done your way and sign up for his next workshop today.